Hi, my name is Katie Worley, and I'm going to talk about the effects of caffeine use on anaerobic versus aerobic exercise performances. So before I get started, I thought that I'd dive a little into why I thought this topic was so interesting. I'm a collegiate athlete, and throughout my entire athletic career, I have seen and played with many individuals who have incorporated caffeine as part of either their workout, their pre-workout regimen, or their pre-game regimen. And though I personally have not ever felt the need or desire to use caffeine, uh, I know many people who have or still do. So this made me interested in whether or not their desire to use caffeine was merely psychological or if it actually produced enhanced performance results for them. So without further ado, let's get right into it. This literature review will compare the effects of caffeine use on both anaerobic and aerobic performances, as well as address the limitations and proper nutritional guidelines to follow in order to ensure safe, practical, and legal levels of caffeine intake via coffee, energy drinks, or other supplemental variations. In addition, this work will also explore the ethics of intentionally consuming caffeine to enhance performance, and this is to ensure a fair playing field amongst everyone. Caffeine is the most commonly used behaviorally active drug, not only in the United States, but throughout the entire world. Here's a little fun fact. So manufacturers are actually not required to list caffeine on a nutrition label if it contains less than 100 milligrams of it. Like, for example, many herbal teas, uh, kombucha, and cocoa products all contain natural caffeine, but nowhere is this listed on their nutrition labels. Many people are actually consuming more caffeine than they're aware of because it's not technically considered a nutrient nor vital for daily consumption. Caffeine is actually a member of the methylxanthine class of drugs, which basically means that it is derived from the purine base xanthine and is naturally produced in both animals and plants. People have actually dated usage of this substance all the way back to the Stone Age, which I found interesting, but there has been a noticeable increase in caffeine ingestion within the past two decades alone due to the more discoveries on its plentiful ergogenic effects and minimal side effects. Since 2004, the World Anti-Doping Agency, which is also known as the WADA, has lifted caffeine from their prohibited substances list for competing athletes and has instead listed it as a substance to watch on their monitoring program since 2009. This essentially allows more athletes to utilize the substance to their 
individual benefits actually more than they would expect. The opportunity to consume caffeine is seemingly endless given all of the variations offered on the market. I mean, there are powder products, sports drinks, energy drinks, energy shots, energy gummies, energy bars, gum, coffee, tea, soda. I mean, the list goes on and on. There are many, many more. So with such a high prevalence, any athlete is bound to find something that they like to consume in their career eventually. To create great chances of reaping all the possible benefits that caffeine has to offer, individuals are recommended to refrain from any caffeine intake approximately 48 hours before exercising to produce optimal performance. It's also best that the individual ingest the caffeine product uh, 60 minutes before activity in order to give their body time for the caffeine to be absorbed and increase plasma concentrations in the blood. This is basically how an enhanced performance is established. And a lot of people think that the more caffeine they consume, the more improvement they'll see in their performance, but that's actually false. It's recommended that individuals should consume caffeine from anywhere between two to nine milligrams per kilogram of, of their body weight. Although any further consumption after that, or after six milligrams per kilogram of their body weight might not show any added benefits in comparison to the lower doses that might be taken. So basically, Consuming lesser amounts will not only enhance performance legally, but also help to minimize any onset of negative symptoms that are typically experienced with larger dose consumptions, which I'll talk about later. There are two major classifications of exercise types. There is anaerobic exercise and there is aerobic exercise. Aerobic means without oxygen, which basically implies that it relies more heavily on the energy stored in the muscles rather than the oxygen supply in the muscles. So in this type of exercise, the oxygen demand exceeds the oxygen supply of the body. I guess a better visual to think of this is to picture yourself lifting heavy weights in a workout session. You can really only do a minimal amount of reps before your, your muscles start to burn out and become fatigued. This is the same with engaging in short sprints or short burst exercises such as uh, burpees or mountain climbers. Anaerobic exercise recruits more fast twitch muscle fibers, which are muscles that are part of the skeletal muscle system, and they contract quickly for short and intense increments. Some common anaerobic exercises are the 
one rep max, uh, short sprints or bursts, hit workouts, which means high intensity interval workouts or um, resistance training. Though there are definitely noticeably less anaerobic based sports that exist, uh, some common ones include the 100 meter dash, the long jump, and the high jump. And due to the higher amount of fast twitch muscle fibers that are needed for these types of exercises, these athletes that partake in them usually peak and reach fatigue quicker. And the other classification of exercise is called aerobic exercise, which means without air or without oxygen. People are with, sorry, with oxygen, <laughs> which people seem to be more familiar with. This is probably because there are more aerobic based competitive sports that exist in opposition to anaerobic based competitive sports. So in these types of sports, or exercises, imagine yourself working out and you're breaking a sweat and your heart is pumping fast and you're, you're just, you're able to continue doing that exercise for more than a few minutes. This is what aerobic exercise looks like. This type of exercise involves slow twitch muscle fibers, which are more useful during endurance type acti activities. Some common examples of these types of exercise include uh, cycling, long distance running, walking, and swimming. And some commonly known aerobic type sports are soccer, cross country running, cycling, swimming, rowing, skating, and many, many more. Athletes who perform in these particular sports have a greater endurance and are slower to reach fatigue because their muscles contract at a slower rate. Contrary to popular belief, there are a ton of ergogenic benefits that result from ingestion of caffeine prior to a competition or exercise activity. Ergogenic effects is basically just a fancier way of saying that something is performance enhancing. The way that caffeine is an ergogenic aid is that it works to reduce the time to fatigue in an athlete during exercise when they're reaching their full potential and this then creates a greater endurance capacity for them. One thing to note is that certain forms of caffeine are said to be more readily absorbed in the blood plasma than others after consumption. So in other words, the more concentrated and less processed the caffeine product is, the faster the caffeine will be absorbed and take effect in the body. Caffeine also has the capacity to improve cognitive functions. So individuals can see results that include uh, improved focus, memory, 
alertness, and even reaction time. Clearly, this is more desirable to athletes, especially because it allows them to reach their peak performances quicker than they normally would, giving them a greater advantage in their playing field, but through legal means, of course. Though there are far more studies completed on the effects of caffeine on anaerobic performance, it should also be noted that both types of performances have shown positive results from caffeine intake prior to competition or activities. Both types of exercise classifications can see benefits following caffeine ingestion, such as muscle glycogen sparing, which is basically the body's ability to use its main source of energy during exercise for longer periods of time. And another benefit that many people can see from taking caffeine or using caffeine is an increase in epinephrine secretion in the adrenal glands, which this increases our body's adrenaline, which is a hormone that is basically known for your fight or flight reactions. And this ultimately works to lengthen endurance capacity. So with all this, that means that both strength and power training and long distance training can experience the ergogenic effects from caffeine consumption. So I have some more good news about the effects of caffeine intake before exercise. And that good news is that there are minimal side effects to follow. This is definitely music to anyone's ears because who wants side effects, right? Caffeine is recommended to be consumed with caution. Obviously this is for necessary health and safety measures, but this is just like any other substance on the market. Everything needs to be monitored. So some possible side effects that are commonly experienced by users include insomnia, nausea, tachycardia, which is an increased heart rate, and anxiety. Many people are actually unaware that caffeine is one of the safest substances to ingest in moderation, of course. I cannot stress that enough. So though these side effects are all a possibility for someone to experience from taking caffeine, they're all listed at minimal risk and will vary from person to person. At the end of the day, any substance can be toxic if abused. So it's really just important to follow daily nutritional recommendations to avoid any excess consumption by mistake. As for ethical considerations, there is a constant debate regarding whether or not it's ethical to ingest caffeine to improve performance in sports competitions. Actually, in uh, one of the studies I looked at, the researchers found that many people consider the usage to be unethical because they consider it clearly enhances performance. Some believe that legal or not, it is cheating in a sense because it 
gives the athlete an unfair advantage. See, the problem with this argument is that if it is indeed cheating, then why is it only being monitored and not officially banned? Caffeine is readily accessible and available to athletes across many countries. So ultimately, I think it's just at the athlete's discretion as to whether or not they choose to use it. Rather than rejecting the idea of ingesting caffeine for performance enhancements, I think it's a, a really good idea for athletes to instead just try to become more informed and aware of the topic as a whole and try to use it more to their benefit rather than seeing the negatives of it, just like their competition might do. Many sports coaches also lack awareness of the positive effects of caffeine. So with this, I also think it's another good idea that coaches should be getting more involved in their athletes' nutritional routines and habits and create nutrition plans incorporating proper caffeine use so they can possibly see all the positive benefits that caffeine has to offer. Because usually there are negative connotations with caffeine. People usually think it's something be used first thing in the morning to wake you up or in the middle of the day for an afternoon pick-me-up and not necessarily used for sports endurance. And there's just such a lack of awareness and knowledge on this topic. So it just comes down to working smarter and not harder at the end of it. Caffeine intake is obviously encouraged in the sports competition industry, but coaches also need to take that extra step and make sure that their athletes are being responsible to help prevent any possible altered physiological responses to the substance, like uh, altered mood behavior patterns or unusual bodily function patterns. It just never hurts to practice safety. First Corinthians six nineteen through 20 reads, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with our bodies. This verse really speaks out to me because we were given our bodies as a gift. And while using caffeine as an ergogenic aid is totally justifiable and valid. It's also really important that we as Christians honor our bodies for our creator. So this includes practicing proper nutrition and self-care above everything else. When it comes down to it, caffeine is a highly effective performance enhancer that offers minimal side effects and many ergogenic benefits, as we know. And when consumed 60 minutes before exercise activity, caffeine will produce optimal performance for both anaerobic and aerobic types of exercises. 
Also, not to mention, it is legal, my friends, which makes it as legit as any other legal substance. So whether you're an athlete or whether you are someone who just likes to work out recreationally, ingesting caffeine before you exercise could give you that extra boost you just might be needing. As for future research, uh, there's one thing to keep in mind. There is not, near, not nearly as many studies conducted on the effects of caffeine on anaerobic exercise performances as there are on aerobic type performances. So I think more research should be done on this to just provide more insight for everyone. And in addition to this, uh, I think there should also be more research conducted on the impact of an individual's tolerance or habituation to caffeine, as well as their train status, whether they're, they've never ran a day in their life or whether they perform in the Olympics. I think that getting a better knowledge of their train status and how it reflects caffeine use would be uh, an awesome thing to see that study more just to get a better overall understanding of different individual performance effects. The current research today focuses, prim focuses primarily on professional athletes and not so much on collegiate level athletes. So it would be really interesting to see if there will be more of an emphasis on the impact of collegiate levels and caffeine use. Uh, in the future. So the bottom line is that ingesting caffeine for performance enhancing purposes is totally acceptable, but like most things, moderation is key. So whichever side you favor in the argument of whether using caffeine is acceptable or whether you think it's not right and it's considered cheating, I think until the WADA deems it to be officially prohibited, it's fair game for any competing athlete. I hope this discussion helped to shed some light on the topic, and it will be interesting to see where the future takes these findings. Thank you for listening.